When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Michiana People Podcast. This is episode 19 and 4th of July weekend. I hope everyone has a happy and safe day celebrating our freedom. I'm uploading this episode early as I will be traveling over the 4th. My guest for this episode is Grant Carlisle. Grant is a big part of the the area school robotics teams and the creator of Run for Phil. Not only that, he's a very cool guy. And when I say cool, I mean he has great ideas and a great outlook on life. He's also very good at listening to old guys while we talk. This is a great episode and I'm very fortunate to have met Grant. I wanted to give an update on our record-breaking month in June. Our previous record was 738 downloads, and our new record is 867 downloads in June. Now, we're a little short of the 1,000 I was shooting for, but we're growing, and after three short months, that's great momentum. If you like the show, please tell your friends. If not, let me know how to make it better. I appreciate the likes, retweets, shares, and all that stuff on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're not following me now, it's Michiana People Podcast on Facebook, it's Michiana People on Twitter, and Michiana People on Instagram. 
Thank you for all your support. The mission of this podcast is to highlight people making a positive difference like Grant in Michiana so that you can see how great of a community we have. Let's talk about our sponsors. Whether you're a home computer user or have a large network for your business, you just want the stuff to work. Can, can you answer these questions? How much data will I lose if my computer or server crashed? Is my data truly secure? Is my network keeping up with my computer users? If not, don't worry, Mapletronics can help you answer those questions. Go to mapletronics.com forward slash Michiana people for an absolutely free gift and explore the website to see what Mapletronics can do for you. Do you have a marketing plan? Do you know where to start? Does social media make your head spin? Vala Marketing can help you with a marketing strategy from logo to website to social media presence. Check out volamarketing.com forward slash Michiana people for one of the most hilarious free gifts you'll ever receive from a podcast. Vala is a, big, Vala is a big asset to the podcast and can be a big help in developing your market strategy. Oh yeah, get your name on the Hall of Fame while you're there. Okay folks, episode 19, Grant Carlisle. Enjoy. Welcome to the Michiana People Podcast. My guest today has been involved as a leader for the Penn Robotics team for the last 12 years and has been a coach for the last six. Uh, he started Michiana First, which is a forum for the robotics teams in the Michiana area to meet and share ideas, and also is the founder of Run for Philanthropy. Now that's hyphenated, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, Run for Philanthropy. Welcome to the podcast, Grant Carlisle. Thanks, Scott. It's uh, uh, awesome to be here. Yeah, it's awesome Awesome to be sitting up here in your office. Yeah. Yes, this, this is, is nice. This is fun to have you. I know we spoke a little bit about um, our past, and maybe we can talk a bit about that. But right. having a forum for people who are doing unique things in our area uh -huh. is not only cool to me to um, hear, but to right. be a part of that makes it even better because um, then all of a sudden I want to tell other people and right. I want them to be a part of the things that they're doing and then share their stories. Right. And I told you um, when I came in that this is kind of my emptiness midlife crisis thing, but it's become a lot more than that to me because I keep meeting these people that I, I always walk away with either a nugget of wisdom or some sort of excitement and uh, I'm making friends and all the all these people are like, uh, they, they stay with you and, mm -hmm. and you and I probably wouldn't have met and talked if I hadn't talk to you about the podcast sure. and and it just keeps going on like that now the cool thing about our history is is I used to work for your dad's company um, Adams Remco That's right. and this has been uh, about 12 years ago uh, I worked for the company for about five years and that was the company that got me out of uh, out of management because that's what I wanted out of and into sales and I've, I've always been very thankful because they brought on a guy who knew nothing about sales and <laughs> said go at it. Um, one thing I did bring to it was work ethic. So uh, I had the work ethic and I was actually really very successful for five years and uh, I, I've since moved on but I always look back on those uh, times at Adams Remco with uh, a lot of fondness. and, and that, that means uh, a lot to me that you say that and uh, I know that I've spoken with friends and uh, parents friends over the years who've worked for the company and it's been an honor that They've had a similar story, right? Right. They've, they've gone to the company and they got hired on on their work ethic. Uh -huh. We can teach you the skills. And the cool part about hearing you say that is that that's what my grandfather always said. Right. Is I'll hire you. Uh -huh. You'll show up on time. 
right. do the work that I ask you to do. I can teach you the skills, but mm-hmm. I can't give you the passion or the drive. Right. And so right. to hear it from you um, <laughs> really makes it full circle for me. And that's yeah. kind of where I started. It was all that for me. Uh-huh. Um, the South Bend Tribune a few years ago did a piece, um, and I spoke to them about my entrepreneurial past. And uh-huh. that's really where it began for me. Right. When, when I was a youngster, uh, we would go over to my grandparents' house for family gatherings. This is an often thing we would do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kids would oftentimes go and play in the basement. Mm-hmm. And I would do that. I, mm-hmm. I did that. Right. But a lot of times I wouldn't. And I would then stay upstairs in the kitchen. And that was basically sitting in on a board meeting. Uh-huh. And I was made to listen. Uh-huh. I was a kid, so I right. listened. And boy, did I listen. <laughs> and so all of these things that I heard and just absorbed um, started to play out in my life and I started to act upon. Mm-hmm. And it was cool then eventually I got asked questions. Yeah. So I knew I was leveling <laughs> up, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I was engaged and allowed to join in the conversation, I must have been doing something. Right, right. But, you know, I was never um, asked. It was really, what do you think? Uh-huh. You know, then they would explain to me what I should be thinking and how I should frame the thoughts. Right. And that was just cool for me to basically sit in on a board meeting, get my MBA while I was a youngster, mm-hmm. and take those skills and apply them to the things that I love. Right. That's really where it began for me is seeing my grandfather grow his business, involve so many awesome people who just were passionate about what they did. Mm-hmm. And I got to be in on that. Right. Right. That That's really cool. cool. And the the story is a little bit different for me because uh, I'm what what I consider an extreme late bloomer. Um, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't really get passion for a whole lot of stuff until I really hit fifty. And and uh, the nice thing was is that a an introvert who hates small talk got into sales and forced himself through that. And then the introvert who hates small talk also started a podcast and reaches out to complete strangers <laughs> and says, will you be on my podcast? And uh, well, that's par for the course, right? Scott? It, right. I mean, your generation was told you go get a job and you start working. Right. And you were told that is success. Right. And, and my generation um, was told that I need to play to my strengths. Right. I need to follow my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I didn't grow up with computers. I was um, at the generation where um, I was still playing outside. Luckily, I was still a part of <laughs> running around, <laughs> scuffing my knees, right, um, right. You know, skateboarding, that kind of thing. And that allowed me to translate whatever I was doing into what I wanted to spend my time mm-hmm. on. You know, right. I could go play and figure out what I enjoyed. Yeah. But then I'd actually spend my time on all the things that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't stuck behind a computer doing all that. But when the computers did come online... I luckily had the time to myself that I spent exploring and reflecting. Mm -hmm. You know, that self-reflection really is the, um, in this day and age, that really is the barrier to entry. Having the empathy and having the self-reflection and know what you're passionate about. Yeah, and the the self-awareness actually comes 
before the the self reflection because you gotta you, you gotta kind right. of be aware of your your own strengths and weaknesses and understand what you need to keep and what you need to take away. Right. And and that was that was really a turning point for me. I, I had to kind of look outside myself because no matter how you see yourself as a person, the only way you really are is how other people perceive you. And you have to you have to make sure that you make that a positive uh, perception. And if I came bustling in your house and saying, "Okay, let's get this interview over with," <laughs> um, you'd have a totally different perception of me. But that's kind of my natural way of my natural way of doing things. Not because I'm uh, that self-centered, but because I feel like I'm using your time. But and, and but you know it kind of it, it, it's the once you once you get that self awareness you you start seeing things in a different way and I, I always say yeah. you kind of see the world with different colors uh, and and those right. colors are a little bit more real a little bit more vibrant so and you're so lucky because you seem I to am. hit I'm so you, lucky you seem to have hit that early on I'm so lucky and, I had parents who loved me uh -huh. wanted me to follow my passions and made me explore things that I like right, to do. I'm right, so lucky right. and um, indebted to them that they wanted me um, to do those things because they made me go do them. Right. And when it wasn't fun, which mm -hmm. it wasn't always fun, right. right? You know, you have a lot of failures that you go through. You mm -hmm. don't always make the team. Right. And I, that was fine, but you yeah. got to play out the season, right? There you go. And yeah. my mom made me play out the season multiple times and my dad asked me, well, what are you going to do with this? But uh -huh. you got to finish it, and then you can decide if you want to continue with it. Right. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm so lucky. My parents did the same with me, and I did the same with my kids. You, you, uh, and it's amazing what kind of kids you have when, when you're involved like that. <laughs> and, <Right>. and <laughs> you have good kids. But it sounds to me like you, you, know, you had a, uh, a pretty good degree of um, social maturity, um, uh, pretty pretty early on and I think that's great uh, and obviously the like parents help so. but also in uh, social and emotional maturity I should say um, also some of that just comes with your genes you can't <laughs> you can't uh, well, you can't grow some of that that uh, that was that was a lot of learned stuff um, so we went through um, some things early on that made me have to self-reflect and, mm. and that really drove me to understand how to do self-talk, right. think within my head, mm -hmm. process my emotions first. And, and that's a big part of it is that you can go and do anything. Mm -hmm. and you can go attack any skill set. Right. But like we're talking about, if you don't know it's the one that you want, or at the end of the day, if you don't know it's the dream that you're actually driving towards, right. then it really doesn't matter because mm -hmm. you really could go do anything. And that's what I was told. Right. Um, but that stuff was learned. That took a lot of time to get good at. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as you get older, um, you know, I'll be 30 next year, um, so I'm very young. I'm mm -hmm. still very young. Right. Um, that stuff still comes. It still takes um, an age uh, to come. It takes mm -hmm. practice to do. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you as yeah. as those decades keep going, it does it does change a little bit, and you that that emotional maturity keeps keeps going, and uh, it's it's actually a cool thing because I feel like I feel younger now in my fifties 
than I did in my 30s. And we're and, seeing that. We're yeah. seeing the aging down of our society. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's someone I follow very closely, and he's said it best, so I'm just going to echo what he says. Mm -hmm. If you look at, uh, and you, Scott, if you look at your parents at your age, mm -hmm. when they were 50, they were not as young as you are at 50. Right, right. They're not acting as young. Right. Um, he, he makes this great statement where he's like, you've probably sent an emoji on your uh -huh. cell phone. You've probably sent oh, yeah. a poop emoji yep. on your cell phone, right? You're a 50-year-old yep, yep, man. Done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> when I text my wife, I actually send as many emojis as the text will allow. Um, all the hearts and all the stuff that I can possibly get on there just so she sees it. And uh, I, that's fun. Um, I did want to get into a little bit. Um, you're obviously very passionate about robotics and have been involved with the, the Penn School system on that. Yeah. Uh, First of all, how did how did that spark? In, yeah, in so your... let me tell you the robotics story. So okay. First Robotics um, is an organization that um, stands for, for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology. Okay. Um, it was started in 89 by a man named Dean Kamen. Okay. Um, he's a forward thinker of our age. Mm. He will uh, go down in history as someone who changed the world. Um, but First Robotics, I was a part of in 2005 as a senior at Penn High School. And it was only a one-year class at that time. Right. So my rookie year was my veteran year. Uh -huh. All right. So I run off and have a fantastic experience. Um, I could talk for days on all of the great leadership skills and all of the great lessons that I learned from failure mm -hmm. that then went on to successes. Right. Um, that Jim Langfeld, the teacher over at Penn and uh, coach, afforded me. Um, but then that continued into the next year where I wanted to stay involved. Mm -hmm. My best friend Dan Leathers and I started the Penn Robotics Summer Camp in 05. Mm -hmm. So that was reaching out to first through eighth graders um, in order to get them involved uh -huh. earlier on so that they can jump onto the train if they want to. Right. So ever since then, I have helped uh, Jim and Dan run the summer camps, okay. um, which this year will be our 12th year. And we just have the latest numbers. We have 130 plus campers, so it's our biggest year. That's great. Um, I have been an FRC judge, so that's the varsity level. Okay. Uh, a judge for six years. I have been um, an FLL judge for four years. An FTC, which is like the JV level. Mm -hmm. I've been a, a FTC coach for four years. Um, and if you were to add up all these years of, and in the FRC coaching now for six years. You know, that's 32 years of experience yeah. just in FIRST Robotics. Uh -huh. And so when I look back on those leadership positions that I was just honored to be helping with, mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to be a part of it and give back. Right. When I look back on that stuff, um, I know that FIRST Robotics is something that I want to stay with and be a part of. Mm -hmm. You know, if something can change me so drastically to where I want to give back to it, Right. like that mm -hmm. where i want to come out of my masters and i want to go back to give back to the team that i was a part of mm -hmm. that's a pretty powerful organization right. so i've tried to stay involved and uh, michiana first was kind of that next step and you really it was one year you one year just totally hooked you and i i think that's cool that's i'm kind, i'm kind of looking at uh, michiana first as uh, my my dad was very involved in boy scouts and uh, michiana first is kind of 
almost like Boy Scouts because yep. you start them out with Legos, it looks like. The, the, the younger ones, they're actually working with Legos yep. and things like that. And you take them up to where they're doing you know, college level, level stuff. And we have Notre Dame professors and students come into the lab uh -huh. over at Penn High School and they are amazed not only at the lab itself, uh -huh. an entire manufacturing so shop that is also mirrored in a wood shop, uh -huh. but the robots are the size of you and I, Scott. Right. And these students are literally building them from the ground up, building them from scratch. Uh -huh. That is so cool. Yeah. And I, having been in it for 12 years, I, I know you've seen uh, the, the kids come and go. And That's right. I would be. I would bet that a lot of these kids that start out doing that end up in a uh, job path that kind of includes engineering, robotics, science, they and do. things like that. We kind of have both sides. The students, and I'll tell you a success story, Julie Stevenson, in a minute here. But we have students that go that are Eagle Scouts. Mm -hmm. To to your point, right? We get Eagle Scouts. Um, and then we get the students that are engineering-based with those skill sets that go on to Purdue um, or some engineering school. So it's a lot of mechanical, electrical, uh, computer science. Mm -hmm. But we get the complete other side. So it's very cool that two years ago we had a direct admit to the Kelly School of Business. Okay. You know, the students are learning how to lead a group, to break down a problem into parts and then assign those parts a schedule and someone who's responsible for it, mm -hmm. and then keeping people on schedule. Yeah, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, those skill sets can be applied to any problem. Right. And uh, this particular student, um, Connor, he's now at the Kelly School of Business at IU. Um, he leveraged his business skills to go to business school because that mm -hmm. was his interest. Right. And any one of these students, you know, maybe unbeknownst to them in high school, uh -huh. <laughs> can take these project management these communication skills into right. a field, mm -hmm. their interests, of course, like you say, are right. um, engineering related. So Julie Stevenson um, started out in FLL, and uh, she'll tell you that she, she wasn't on the team her first year when she was in elementary school, uh -huh. but she programmed that robot, and it uh -huh. did so well. <laughs> It was her brother's robot. Uh -huh. She went into the team the next year. Okay. <laughs> so that's what she'll tell you. Uh, so she kept with FLL through FTC and then into FRC. Uh -huh. um, and she is now uh, at Purdue, but literally at this moment, she's out in California um, mm -hmm. where she got an internship with Qualcomm. Cool. Qualcomm is one of the biggest new partners to uh, First Robotics. They gave the uh, first tech challenge teams, mm -hmm. uh, all phones. So now these kids okay. are programming an Android phone that controls the robot. Uh -huh. Qualcomm was wow. the big partner in yeah. making that possible, and now she's working for them. So <laughs> seeing not only her at camp, uh -huh. when she was uh, literally in elementary school, she was then on my first tech challenge team and helped with summer camps every year, mm -hmm. where I pushed her to be on the camera and she told me, Carlisle, I do not enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> to then her being on the first robotics competition team, the uh -huh. varsity team, and she led, along with Kevin Chamberlain and Connor Russell, uh, the effort to win our first chairman's award, uh -huh. which is the highest award in first, to now being at Purdue, getting her computer science degree, working for Qualcomm. Uh -huh. You know, you can't get much better That's of great. a 
of a Cinderella story. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know if she would like me using that, but <laughs> Julie, that is what it is. <laughs> well, and, and that's really cool because you mentioned Kevin Chamberlain. He is the son of Paul Chamberlain, right. who's one of my former podcast guests. So that's another thing in the small world uh, category. And Paul and I actually used to work together at Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor back in the 80s. Holy so, cow. Yeah, it goes, goes all the way back. Guy. And um, talking about somebody getting direct admit to the um, Kelly School of Business, I know how difficult that is because my daughter was a direct admit. Okay. And it's even harder now than it was six years ago when she was... Uh, right, everyone uh, wants uh, to do it. Yeah, and <laughs> when I, she got that and I didn't think a whole lot of it. I didn't go to college, so I thought, okay, well, that's great. And then we went to the orientation and I'm seeing the intelligence level of these kids. And I'm like, oh, so this is a big deal. (laughs) Good for her. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you really, um, I, I can really understand how the, first of all, when you're working in robotics, it's it's not a, a one-man deal. It's definitely right. a team. You have to collaborate. You have to throw those ideas out there, and you do have to fail. Right. Uh, one of the things I've learned is you have to actually set out to fail and get those failures out of the way before you before you succeed. <laughs> so I love that. So you, you got to wake up every day and say, I'm going to fail so many times I'm going to succeed. And, That's right. And when you can get a whole team of people to do that and put their egos aside and, and just go after that, the skill set that they come out with, I think they could probably do anything. N- not only yeah. is it a special thing that they're doing while they're doing it, Mm-hmm. You know, that's even worth highlighting. But you're right. right. Then they can take that. You know, that's rare for, even for adults. Right. You know, these 14, 15, 18-year-old high school students, mm-hmm. asking them to put their egos aside and, and say, no, my idea actually doesn't work as well as this other one that we came up with. Right. I'm going to get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge responsibility. Oh, yeah. And it really speaks to the growth and passion that FIRST has created. So let me outline the awards for you. Okay. The highest award in FIRST is called the Chairman's Award. Okay. And that award is given out to a team who has um, spread the FIRST message within their school and community, Mm -hmm. as well as spread engineering within uh, their school and community. So they've Mm -hmm. done both. Okay. They've pushed both. The second highest award is the Engineering Inspiration Award, which the Penn Robotics team won uh, this out of every team in the state, they were the Engineering Inspiration Award winners this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, two years ago, the Chairman's Award winners. And the Engineering Inspiration is that same piece, but it's specifically the engineering. So mm-hmm. inspiring your school and your community uh, into engineering practices. Mm-hmm. The third highest award is the Rookie All-Star Award. Okay. So a first or second year team who's doing and setting themselves up for success. Mm-hmm. They're doing the right things. They're communicating with the right people. Right. So I guess I want you to notice right away, right. before I tell you the fourth one, we haven't yet talked about a robot. Right. In a first <laughs> robotics competition, uh-huh. the first three awards are all about how you are as a person, right. how that translates to a team and your community. Uh-huh. And, and so the priorities are right the there. That's important thing. That's yeah. right. That's, that's the important Then the fourth thing. highest award is the competition, the robot competition award winner. Uh-huh. And so the priorities are set. The right. priorities are clear, and that translates to then the students' actions right. and thus what they move forward with. We that is know so neat. that when students go from a first team into a company, mm-hmm. 
part of that ask, uh, part of that discussion about whether they should work there or not mm -hmm. is not just salary and are they doing the things uh, day to day, right. but what's your volunteerism program like? Uh -huh. How involved in the community are you? Right. So we know right. they're going to go out and they're going to then make the change in the companies. Right. And, and I couldn't ask for anything more than yeah, that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Happen. Yeah, that, that is really cool. Yeah, I like that. So um, what areas of the community, which, which uh, schools are involved in the competition for this area's, uh, this area's first? So all over. All um, so our area, so maybe we'll give uh, the thesis for Michiana first. Okay. Um, you know, Indy's two and a half hours away. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they, it used to be three and they, they made the, uh, the road change to 31 and that's fantastic. It's only an hour and a half now to Kokomo, which is great. Yep, and then um, Kokomo, you cut, cut some off Kokomo. Yep. Yep. But still, um, we probably identify more with Niles, Edwardsburg, and St. Joe than we okay. do you know, with Indianapolis. And that's shown by the number of, you know, this podcast that we're on is called Michiana People. Right. It's not called um, Indy or Indiana. Right. right? We right. identify with the Michiana area. Yeah. And so the teams range from St. Joe to New Carlisle, uh, from Elkhart all the way over to Michigan City. Okay. There are, um, just like a high school, middle school, and elementary school tiered program, mm -hmm. so is First Robotics. Right. We have um, a solid amount um, in, let's say, a 50-mile radius mm -hmm. around our area. Mm -hmm. um, we probably have about 25, 30 First Robotics competition teams that's a varsity teams right um, so that's a great number yeah that is then as you move down to the first tech challenge you get even more first lego league even more mm -hmm. um, so we have uh, a few hundred first right. lego league teams in our area cool and so we have a, a few competitions in our area um, robotics does work like the athletic model so uh -huh. you have michigan as its own district indiana as its own district mm -hmm. Um, and we play within those district bounds. Okay. So even though we identify across those state lines, um, when a Michigan team comes down to our district mm. or we go up, um, we're not yet playing interweaving our district points. Okay. You're okay. just having an extra play. Right. Okay, cool. So the Michiana, to get back to the Michiana first, there are all those teams, mm -hmm. and we are... And we all have the chairman's award as the top award. Mm -hmm. So what that means is all of these teams are reaching out to the community groups and doing these events and pushing engineering. Right. So if we can communicate and collaborate more, it only adds to the value of the events. Right. We have these three teams doing the Barnes & Noble event. Mm -hmm. We have these five teams hosting uh, that FLL event. Mm -hmm. We have these 12 teams helping volunteer and support an FRC event. Right. You know, all of those things uh, just get better when we communicate and collaborate more. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's almost everybody I talk to that has a cause that, that wants to get that cause uh, seen and, and get help and, and uh, support for the cause. Everybody I talk to, I say, what can I do to help? And, Every time the answer is just build awareness. Because if you throw it out there, the one that's interested is gonna see it 
and they're gonna they're gonna be drawn. That's in. right. So just That's right. just build awareness. And you know, if and, there's a, a dad or a mom or a, an uncle or a sibling listening, that they know there's that person that they need to say, you should be on a first robotics team, uh-huh. and I'm gonna be happy. Right. It's fine. Right. So that's that's really cool. Um, so on, on on the running, um, <laughs> you, I, I, yeah. I wanted I wanted to make sure you're kind of multifaceted, and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about running and the 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 um, running for philanthropy, and that's Phil is one word, and that's then right. hyphenated, and anthropy is after that. I wanted to get into I wanted to get into that, and uh, I, I, I want to talk about how many marathons you've run and when you started, <laughs> and 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 then get into what the run for philanthropy is all about too. Scott, I appreciate. I know uh, you try and reach all the bounds here in uh, uh-huh. a short period of time, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, these are my two, uh-huh. robotics and running, uh-huh. um, and they're very melded together. Uh-huh. Um, there's so many crossovers um, for philanthropic running events, um, or for philanthropy and running events. Uh-huh. Um, and I guess I saw that um, early on. So I used to go to the women's show with my mom, uh-huh. and I used to go to the boat show with my dad. Yeah, Century Center was our place. Yeah. Um, so I used to go to these big events for what I thought was this big cause. And when that translated to, I was an athletic kid um, mm-hmm. in high school. I, I, I ran track, I did football, uh, and I wrestled, I played baseball. Wow. I loved being athletic, and um, I used to do sprints, put around my neighborhood. I was like a bipolar. I, I would run <laughs> literally around the neighborhood uh-huh. to my friend's house. Uh-huh. And that was a fair distance. I right. would run a few miles. Uh-huh. And once I realized that, I started getting more into running. And um, I think it was 2002 or 2001 where I ran my first 5K. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, um, I don't know, I was tw- uh, 14, 13 or 14 at the time, mm-hmm. which is pretty young. Yeah. Uh, to start running a race. You right. know, maybe you run that. Um, girls on the Run does a great job of introducing girls to 5Ks now. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, that was unique. And so when I got into running, I enjoyed the race aspect of it. And of course, <laughs> what I did was a, um, a race for cancer. Okay. And so that was my big onset to the racing community was a run for a philanthropic cause. Right. So being a uh, young, influential kid, I was happy to understand that, oh, running races are tied to something good. Uh-huh. And so my next race was the same way, in the right. same way, and it built. Um, then I did a 10K, and then I wanted to tackle the marathon. Mm-hmm. And this is where it really came full circle for me and where uh, Run for Phil came from. I had never run... Uh, a marathon, and in 05, I set out to do so. Um, and so I chose the Detroit f- uh, Free, Pla- Free Press Flagstar Marathon. Okay. It's in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And that was in 07. But not knowing if I would finish or not, I wanted a little more incentive than just me wanting to do it. Uh-huh. So I went around my neighborhood at the time, and I got pledges per mile for cancer okay um and i partnered with the cancer 
the local cancer chapter, mm-hmm. um, American Cancer Society chapter. And so I got pledges per mile so that even if I screwed it up and I only made it 15 miles, uh-huh. at least they would still get some money. Right. So, uh, you know, we're sitting here years later. I did finish the marathon. I uh, donated $750 to the American Cancer Society, which I was proud of. That's my great. my first fundraiser. Mm-hmm. But the process, you know, I was willing to go through it. It mm-hmm. was just awful. Yeah. You know, I made <laughs> refrigerator magnets myself, uh-huh. cut them out, designed them, flyers. Had all that with me. Had a backpack full of stuff. Uh-huh. I, you know, knock on the door. Knocking on the doors, yeah. Hand them the flyer, give uh-huh. them the pitch. If they agree, I write down, you know, uh, on this refrigerator magnet what they pledge per mile, and it had all the information on there. Uh-huh. And I had to copy down by hand right then and there uh-huh. their name, their phone number, right. and the information I just gave them. Uh-huh. So then <laughs> what happened after the race was I tabulated all of that money. Yeah. I gave him a phone call and I said, I'm going to come around next week back to your house uh-huh. and collect the check. <laughs> make sure you make it out to American Hampton Society. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, if I could have had the mechanics of it all be seamless, uh-huh. then I could have focused way more on more houses. Right. I could have given a better pitch. Mm-hmm. I could have maybe brought some people along with me. Right. But I was so focused on the mechanics of the transaction and mm-hmm. them having the information about the race. Um, that it really got in the way of me caring. Um, well, I didn't. It wasn't caring. It was me doing a better job of showing how much I cared yeah. for the cause. Yeah. And well, that's the, bu- where it the for- busy work was what took up all the time that you could have been exactly. doing for the FaceTime. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where Run for Phil was born. At that time, uh, someone told me it was very morbid. I called it "You Pledge, I Run, They Live." Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed that a little uh-huh. bit. Um, I knew it had to be philanthropic running. Um, um, I knew it had to be something about giving. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, I I want to connect the philanthropic running community um, to make that process more seamless. Uh So if there's a race that wants to add that charity component or that nonprofit component, Mm -hmm. they can. Or if there's a nonprofit who wants to add um, a running event as one of their fundraisers for the year, mm-hmm. they do many. Right. Then again, they just the same can add one seamlessly mm-hmm. um, and get started hosting a race. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Now, any um, have you been involved in any races around here over the last few years? Yeah, Paula Turk uh, has been phenomenal mentor for me. Uh, she's over in Elkhart with Stone Soup Promotions. Okay. And she has been phenomenal in. Uh, um, I'm actually taking me. her name down. Good. Uh, Paul is a fantastic lady to talk to uh-huh. about running events um, and about being a part of something that matters. You know, she she connects with races mm-hmm. because of the causes that matter to her. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the Turkey Stampede, um, and I try and volunteer for events. But right now I'm in building the product uh-huh. mode. Right. Uh, so trying to balance getting connected to my community. Also with building my product and where do I spend my time, mm-hmm. and then uh, <laughs> and then also trying to get some runs in too. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's appropriate. Uh, today is Global Running Day, uh-huh. um, so it's ironic not only that we have Global Running Day and we're talking about Run for Phil, but um, you know, today, right now, actually, 
uh, President Obama's over in Elkhart uh-huh. talking about our manufacturing industry and jobs. Right. And so I, I'm really proud of today. I was thinking yeah. about this this morning that you know robotics is going to translate to everything that President Obama is talking mm-hmm. about, and uh, National Running Day um, translates to Run for Phil. You know, I'm just happy with the things that I'm doing. Right. And that's when I know I've won. Right. Every right. day I get to spend my time mm-hmm. on things that I truly care about. Right. Right. That that is so important, and and that's. You know, I'm taking it back to the podcast. You know, it's somebody new and somebody different every time, but uh, and it's almost overwhelming sometimes because I'm like, well, I want to help them. I want to help them. <laughs> I want to. I, I want to make. I want to make sure they all succeed. You do, and and uh, it really fills your heart. You're just you know, a good it's just, guy that way. Yeah, and it's just. I go home and and. I used to go home and you know flop down on the couch and watch some TV and go to bed and now I'm I'm coming home and I'm talking to my wife like 90 miles an hour. Like, <laughs> I talked to Grant today and he's doing this this and this. We got to make sure we see this stuff and we need to go to a first robotics event. We need you That's know right. we need to do all this. And the funny thing is is uh, probably just five years ago. Uh, Lisa, my wife, would be the one to um, fill our social calendar, and my my response to almost everything she said would be no. <laughs> and now it's totally reversed, where yeah, I'm filling it because I said, "Oh, this band I interviewed is actually going to be playing at Sites Park on Thursday. Awesome. Can we do that?" And we're and and the funny the neat thing is is uh, as as we got the empty nest syndrome, is we both pretty much made a pledge that uh, yes is the only answer that's acceptable <laughs> to uh, what anybody's idea is. Good. And so I do anything she wants me to do and she does it and we grow and, and it's it's just fantastic. Kathy so. Dietz, she's another lady okay. uh, that would be fantastic okay. to uh, hear from. Okay. She and her daughters uh, have put together those um, concerts at uh, Sites Park. Okay. Okay, yeah. and I noticed her name when I was when I was looking at that. So She's a real neat I think lady. we're going to be there Thursday because a, a band I really like that I interviewed these crazy kids and really <laughs> liked them, and so I want to make sure I'm supporting them. And you know, uh, Scott, I I'm I'm a big proponent in surrounding yourself with like-minded people, but also things. So uh-huh. if you can see my bibs are back here, right? Um, you know, first robotics stuff is mm-hmm. all over, but then. You know, that's my, that's me. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes me comfortable. Right. But then knowing that I could reach out to you, mm-hmm. Paula, um, Kathy, Drew, Paul, right, uh, Jim, Langfeld, Brett Albers, like those people within our community that are um, doing the things that they want to do, like you're doing this podcast, mm-hmm. that's been really cool as well. Right. It's, you just get in this network of people who um, they just, they exude positivity, and how can you not just take that? Right. I, I told I told one of my interviews that uh, sometimes I feel like a vampire when I'm talking to a young person because yeah. uh, I, I I suck up all that energy <laughs> and I hope I'm not taking it from them. But as, as I walk out, I've got a little bit more spring in my step. My hair is a little less gray, and uh, <laughs> it, it's like wow, I'm I, I'm I'm just just absorbing all this positive energy, and it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. 
Well, I wanted to make sure that we got pretty much everything. One of the things I want to make sure that I do is uh, when I when I post this that I get links to uh, Michiana First and Run for Phil and everything that you're involved in. I mean, sure. you're you're multifaceted, but I want to make sure I put it out there. I always tell all my podcast guests, once you've been on the podcast, I'm yours forever. So anything <laughs> you're promoting, I'm promoting. Uh, so that's, you know, that just keeps going that way. And and the neat thing about it is, is as I do that, I'm, I'm getting more guests for the podcast. And I, it just uh, is Snowballs. a perfect circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's great. Well, my, I, my personal Twitter is uh, Design006. Okay. Um, and that reaches all the way back. I was in a design class on Computer 6, uh-huh. and that will always stay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at Run for Phil, um, at Michiana underscore first. Okay. Um, and I'll link those back with you. Okay. Um, but if you search me um, and you don't find me, then you're on page five or six. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm doing something wrong you, if you search me and you don't find yeah, me. Yeah, you get it out there. <laughs> As I told you, I was creeping on you before I came over, and I found you pretty easy. So, <laughs> I have to, Scott. I have to do all this stuff for me. Uh-huh. I have to, like someday, I'm. So my goal, um, I want to run a marathon in every state. Uh-huh. So that's called the fifty states. I want to do the seven summits, and I want to, um, I want to do the triple crown, uh-huh. which is the Appalachian Trail, the Continental Divide, and the Pacific Crest Trail. Wow. Now, in order to do those things, I have to have mm-hmm. not only some time, but some backing from myself that I've built up. Right. But Run for Phil is going to allow me to go to many states. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things then just translate. So mm-hmm. if I'm not every day doing something that's getting me to that big goal, mm-hmm. that fun adventure goal, right? why the hell am I doing it? Right. Exactly. So I, I yeah. have to be doing this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and and when you've got that when you've got that goal and you wake up every morning and that's the first thing you think about and it's the last thing you think about before you go to sleep, yeah. man, it, it's so energizing. Yeah, and that's what's really cool. It's it, it's funny. You um, you know, I woke up I woke up this morning thinking about talking talking to you. Nice. And you you shot me an email this afternoon. Are we still on for today? And I want to say. Hell yeah, we're off today. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> I, Hell yeah. I, I, I'm psyched for this, and uh, but I just that's said awesome. yes, sir. And uh, <laughs> and but uh, that's that's kind of how it is for me. It's just like, oh man, you know, I I I'm learning new things and just getting energized every single interview I do, and then after the interview, I'm talking to people, and and it just. Uh, it just opens it opens your eyes to how cool this community is and and that's why i called it michiana people podcast because i didn't want to say south bend i didn't want to say indiana i wanted to say you know yeah. if if you are within 50 miles or 100 miles and then and then i've broken my own rules i interviewed a guy <laughs> from dc who used to live in michiana uh, and but whoever's got a positive message is is definitely uh, invited to the podcast, but uh, uh, you know, Grant, I really had a great time talking to you. Me too. Uh, this this podcast will be out soon, and uh, links for for uh, Michiana First and Run for Phil and all that will be out there. All your social media and, <laughs> and all that stuff that we have to do to make sure that uh, we get seen. Uh, I'll make sure that's all out there. But uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you. You too, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Family. 
It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.